0: don't know about you but the the kid nailing the mom with the hose that's me in that situation that ends a lot differently (laughs) we were sitting at the dinner table the other night it was Avery uh, Jacoby and me Uh, Ann and Ellie had to be somewhere and um it was one of those nights where uh if if I put food into their face and got them in bed it was gonna be a parenting win you know uh and inevitably, though, when we're sitting around the dinner table, the question gets asked, uh, what are we doing tonight? And, um, and I, my plan for the night was, you know, put a movie on uh, and melt into a semi-coma while the kids watch that. But before I could say anything, Jacoby pipes up and he yells, can we play VGs? And in our house, VG stands for video games. He wanted to play uh, Mario Party with me. And uh, I said, buddy, I'm pretty tired. I don't think I've got it in me tonight. (laughs) And Jacoby, he goes, he he puts his fork down. He goes, I knew it. I just knew it. I mean, I told mom earlier, I asked her if she would play VGs with me. And she said, no, but maybe dad would later. And I was like, dad's going to come home and he's going to be too tired. And I knew it. I just knew it. what in the world is happening right now? (laughs) And before I can form words, Avery steps in. Avery decides to help me out, and and she says, Jay, sometimes we're sad, or we're right, and it makes us sad to be right. And sometimes we're wrong, and we're thankful to be wrong. Now, this time you were right, and it makes you sad, but it's going to be okay. Okay. I'll rally, we'll play the game, you know? And so we did. And I dominated. Senator, Beck to crying. That's how we do things in the Wayland house. But the sage wisdom of Avery in that, sometimes we're right and it makes us sad to be right. Sometimes we're wrong and we're thankful that we're wrong. Things don't always go as planned. Things don't always end up the way we want them to end up. We want life to be a smooth ride, but it's been a little bumpier than usual lately. Have you ever had a time where thankful didn't seem to fit? Where thankful didn't feel like an appropriate response? It feels more forced than it does natural. We try to jam it in. We try to convince ourselves that it's the right response even when it feels wrong. What does it mean to be thankful in all circumstances? What does it mean to be thankful when thankful doesn't seem right? And today's passage gives us some insight as to what it means to live a life full of joy and thankfulness rooted in Jesus Christ. We've heard our our passage several times today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We're coming out of a week of Thanksgiving, time with family, time with friends, eating good food, rejoicing over all the good in our lives, but I want to take some time today and reflect on what it means to be thankful always, how through rejoicing and prayer we can learn the secret of being content in any and all circumstances, as the Apostle Paul says, and be thankful. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Um, for your presence that's with us. As was just mentioned, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for salvation. Thank you that you are what unites us together in this room today. We We don't come here without you. So for who you are, we say thank you. For what you're doing in our lives and in our church, we say thank you. And as we go through this time today, may you speak to our hearts. It's in your name we ask it. Amen. So let's walk through this passage a little bit. Uh, Verse 16, very simply, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Don't you love when you read something in the Bible and you're like, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? Just rejoice. That's easy all the time. My two hour layover turned into a five minute layover in Atlanta, and now I'm running through the airport like I'm in Home Alone. Thank you, Jesus. I barely made it to the softball game in time. I got to the dugout just in time for my at-bat. I pop out, and then I walk back to the dugout so Butch can tell me my zipper is still down. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) My kid just left a vomit trail from the bed all the way to the toilet. Praise Jesus. (laughs) My dog got run over by my wife's gynecologist. (laughs) true story. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Maybe a little more seriously, uh, you just got let go from your job and you don't know where to turn next. You're dealing with a broken relationship that you don't know how to mend. Maybe for the first time at this Thanksgiving you had an empty seat around the table that you've never had before. How do we rejoice in the midst of of difficult circumstances. To rejoice is to be full of joy, and joy is different than happiness. I was reading an article this week on the difference between joy and happiness, and the author said this, Joy is an attitude of the heart and spirit present inside of us as an untapped reservoir of potential. It's possible to feel joy in difficult times. Joy doesn't need a smile In order to exist, although it does feel better with one, joy can share its space with other emotions, sadness, shame, or anger. Happiness can't. Happiness is not present in darkness and difficulty, joy never leaves it. Joy undergirds our spirits, it brings to life peace and contentment. Joy requires a connection, joy is present in the moment happiness mostly just passes through joy requires a connection and that joy available to us is that which comes from god alone philippians 4 says rejoice in the lord always i will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, maybe you're thinking, how am I supposed to rejoice in the midst of pain, heartache, death? Am I just supposed to act like these things don't exist? Kind of live in a false reality? Christian life is at times a counterintuitive life because it's not a life designed to be lived in our own strength, our own wisdom, or understanding. It's meant to be lived, driven, and guided by the Holy Spirit of God. Rejoice always sounds almost impossible, unreasonable even. Knowing who Jesus is and what he's done, it's not impractical. If we are truly Christians, If we have seen and received the love of God, if we see and receive it continually, it will enable us to rejoice always. In our darkest moments, we rejoice in who God is, our rock, our strength, our comfort. We abide in his, his grace, his care, his love, his guidance, his wisdom. And as we pause to consider all those wonderful gifts from God, our focus is taken off the circumstance we're dealing with, and it's placed firmly on him. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, we sang uh, a song that may be familiar to many of you. Sing this with me if you know it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Rejoicing in the Lord. Keeping our eyes focused on him, even in and especially in the hardest times. Helps the hurt to fade away. So how do we make that connection? Verse 17 says, pray continually. So what does that mean to pray continually or to pray without ceasing? I mean, we have things to do, right? We've got kids, we have jobs. Might be a little dangerous to drive down the road with our eyes closed all the time. So what does it look like? Matthew Henry said it this way, The meaning is not that men should do nothing but pray, but that nothing else we do should hinder prayer in its proper season. Prayer will help forward and not hinder all other lawful business and every good work. There are very few things that cannot be accompanied with prayer or preceded by prayer. There is nothing that would not benefit with prayer. Think about all the things you have to do. Is there anything that you have to do that wouldn't be done better if you took it, held it up to God, and asked for his help to do it well, to do it faithfully and in a way that would be pleasing to him? By taking prayer with us wherever we go, by consciously, deliberately, and persistently lifting our hearts to God in every situation, great or small, we find fullness and purpose in ways we we never can on our own. Prayer is our connection with God. If we don't pray, how can we call ourselves Christian? Jesus modeled for us a life of prayer. He asks us to follow him. If we're not living up to the model he gave us, how can we be a follower? It's through prayer that we experience the fullness of God and are transformed into his likeness more and more. Every act must be carried on with a sense of God's presence. The road to continual thanksgiving is paved by continual prayer. The more we pray, the more we're in contact with him, the more we will recognize and understand his love and grow in the confidence that he is with us to help and save us. It's in this concept that we start to determine where we obtain life. Is it from the air we breathe? Is it from the world around us? Or do we obtain life from the breath of God? Do we allow the opportunity for him to fill our lives so that when we exhale, we, we exhale joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Pray without ceasing. Embrace a lifestyle of consistent communication with God. Devote yourself to it. Cultivate a sense of of dependence on God. Let it be part of the very structure of your thoughts that without him you can do nothing. But with him, nothing is impossible. And lastly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray always, thankful always. Why? Because this is God's will for you. It's his desire. It's his expectation of us. If it's God's will for us to be thankful always and we're not, we have to ask ourselves, why? What's hindering us? Do you see roots of bitterness and anger and hatred in your life? Are you quicker to see the negative in a situation than you are the positive? Do you try to see people and situations through the eyes of Jesus or are you blinded by your own perspective? Who or what has your heart is Jesus the only thing that matters to you? Living a life of consistent and constant thankfulness cannot be achieved by doing things our way. To be thankful always requires a life that is rooted in Christ, recognizing him as everything that we need, rejoicing in his presence. We develop that through a life of consistent and constant prayer. We live lives that are marked by joy, rooted in the relationship we have with Jesus, and not constantly swayed by our circumstances. Man, that's difficult when things aren't going well. How am I supposed to be thankful in hard times? I mean, when the good is just gone. Consoling a family while holding their infant that just passed away. Being with somebody when they get the unexpected doctor's report. Counseling somebody through an unplanned pregnancy and the person has no support system. How are we supposed to be thankful for those times? And I think that's where we get hung up. It's important to note that the verse says, in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. No person in their right mind is thankful for pain, heartache, or death. But I think God is reminding us that everyone will go through something. Everyone will go through a hardship. Everyone will go through a time of grief. In those times, we remember that we're not alone, that he is with us, and we rest in him. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The value of the Christian life is realizing that Jesus has given us peace with God. And with that comes the assurance that God is always with us. So in the darkest hour, rejoice. The Lord is near. He's promised to never leave you or forsake you. Call out to him, for he hears your prayer. As we close today, being thankful always is God's desire for our lives. That's not accomplished alone. Uh, Rejoice, he's with you. And as we recognize that, we become a pure reflection of Jesus in this world. In the face of difficulty, we're thankful in the times where things are firing on all cylinders, we're thankful. When we understand or when we don't, we trust and we're thankful. Thankfulness protects unity with the Father, unity in the church, unity in our relationships. Rejoice always. Pray always. Thankful always. So how do you need to respond today? Do you need to take steps toward rejoicing? Do you need to move deeper in your commitment toward prayer? Are you thankful? Where is your focus? Are your eyes set on the world around you or are they focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith? We're gonna sing a closing song, blessed be your name, that acknowledges that no matter what is happening, we have the opportunity to say blessed be the name of the Lord when the sun is shining down on me when the world is all as it should be when I'm found in the desert place when I walk through the wilderness you give and take away my heart will choose to say blessed be your name it's a choice we have to make it's not one that he's going to make for us Will you choose to rejoice? Will you commit to pray? Will you choose to be thankful in all circumstances? I invite you to reflect, pray, and respond however you see fit today.